You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Okay, you ready? I guess so. Turn my podcast voice on. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jason. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. It's not mine. This is the Lord's podcast. This is God's podcast. Mm. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. And uh, let's get started here. We had a um, semi-big game on Saturday. Yeah. um, Where... Most of the country and world was rooting against <laughs> Alabama, mm-hmm. and Tennessee won. So, did we, you watch the game? Every bit of it. Okay. Every bit of it. There was um, so many points that I thought they're gonna they're gonna blow this. Yeah. You know, like and <clears throat> um. Now I and I I'm okay with saying like of course Tennessee's talented, but. Uh, they're they're coached really well, you know, like that it does make a huge mm. difference. Um and then uh near the end I was like, Well obviously Alabama just gonna run down the clock, kick this field goal, and that's the end of the game. It was fabulous. And then, <laughs> you know, they just defense got themselves together. He Yeah. I'm in a band competition when this game's going on. I'm watching what? These Who playing that? Bands play. And I'm, I have my phone on my leg watching the game. And when that kick, when Alabama missed that kick, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this old man behind me taps me on my shoulder and he whispers, he's like, did they miss it? I'm like, I was like, ah, they missed, they missed. <laughs> oh, do you think, I mean, I wonder if all those band kids realize how much people love them Yeah, to be there. And not watch this game. Oh, dang. I mean, well, I wasn't was, there all day. I didn't get there at about two o'clock. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. I, and to be fair, and I told people, I said I was going to be a Tennessee fan for a week, and I rooted for them the whole way. And it was funny, like near the end of the game, um, the dog just like, "You've got to take me out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna pee all over your house if you don't take me out." So I took him out, but every when I took him outside, you're gonna hear like. It wasn't even just neighbors on our street, but like people oh. out in the hollers hollering, wow. yelling at this game. <laughs> so I'm like, come on, Arlo, get yourself. We got to go back in. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was incredible. I'll say it was so incredible that when the Kentucky came, game came on, I was almost too exhausted to care. To <laughs> and then, of course, we just played terrible. It was like zero to three. At half, I Who'd think. Who did you play? Uh, Mississippi State, mm. and um, which they were ranked 16th. Uh, I didn't. I don't think they've had that tough of a schedule, but um, and I was like, I'm going to bed at halftime. Corey's like, You're going to bed? You're not even gonna watch them? I'm like, No, nah, I'm going to bed. Exhausted. So yeah, I went to bed, read for a while. No, I didn't read. I watched. This made me sound like a nerd. I watched the end of Rings of Power that season. <sighs> I know. 
And then when it was over, I was like, well, I wonder how Kentucky's doing. So I went back out and watched the end of the fourth quarter. So, But, yeah, what an exhausting, wonderful, fun oh, game yeah. that was. So the question to kick us off here, could Vols football win the whole thing? I don't think anyone would have been asking that question. It's looking, it's looking better every day. I mean, they still have to go through Georgia. Yeah. So... I don't know. They have a good shot. I mean, yeah, kind of reminds me of their what was it ninety eight their season back in ninety eight when they think they did they won the, they went undefeated and won the whole thing. Um, well, they still have to go through Kentucky on next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got to go through Georgia. And, no, yeah. I, hey, I told people Sunday. I said, I think we're good enough. If we're healthy, we're good enough to play with them. Um, however, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if we got destroyed. So we'll see. But I did Are you tell going? You, yeah, I've got we got tickets. Nice. Corey got tickets through someone through work. Um, that were honestly they were very cheap, which was <laughs> awesome. Um, and uh, but it's a seven o'clock game. Oh, I know. And they so, just released that like a few days ago. Yeah, they don't. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go to this game. I'm going to just be mocked and ridiculed <laughs> the entire time yeah. by obnoxious Tennessee fans. <laughs> Drive home, go to bed about 2 in the morning, wake up, do two sermons on Sunday, two services, and then the Harvest Festival. So if they're getting stomped, are you going to stay for the whole game? If Kentucky's getting yeah. stomped? Like if at halftime you're like, there's no way. Are you staying the whole thing? I don't know. I'm just curious. I wouldn't be opposed. Um, I remember we went and saw the Reds because I'd always go see the Reds, my Reds play in in Milwaukee, and we left Mm -hmm. early. We got the parking lot, and thankfully it didn't happen. But Joey Votto like almost hit a home run to win the game, Mm. and the uh, Brewers guy robbed him center. And this um, he, he stole it. So I was like, well, I guess we'll still get out of here early. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess if it is lopsided, we'll leave. This is curious. Yeah. It's like that. Remember that Thursday night uh, Broncos game? The Amazon Prime Broncos <laughs> game. It's like tied and. The Denver Broncos fans are like, we're just going to go home. <laughs> it was tied. It was 9-9, nine to nine and they're like, we've had enough. And Didn't the game the other night end in a tie, too, like Monday? Uh, yeah. Um, was it the Chargers? Chargers, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like another game they lost in a tie. Again. Yeah. Wilson, he's, he's losing it. All right, here we go. Um, this is the Kingdom of Hope series. We are walking through First Samuel. Made it to chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, so you can read that if you have not already. But the question we answered from Sunday uh, is, how is the Lord able to reverse your brokenness? Oh, point one. Point one. There's three points. Um, They're all very simple. It's the omnis of God. So the Lord's able to reverse your brokenness because of point one, because the Lord is omniscient. So first question is for you, Jason. Uh, does the Lord ever learn anything? No. Um, question for you. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, well, 
Let me give uh, two verses that would support that for one, to start off here. This is 1 John 3, starting in verse 19. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And it says, and he knows everything. Mm-hmm. So there's a pretty, um, pretty strong proof to what I said. Now, however, let me... Um, let me press a little deeper than that question because uh, I, I got this question this week from someone in our church. And it, I guess it was really, it, it wasn't necessarily about this point, but uh, speaking more about Jesus, like we, we have this tension when we're reading the Gospels. Like, what did Jesus know? You know, did he know everything right up front or... Uh, Did he learn some things along the way? And I would say, well, he certainly learned things, even though he was God. Um, But I think he learned things as fully man. So he's fully God, but he learns things as fully man. And that's really complicated to wrap our minds around. I do have a a quote here um, from... uh, Derek Woodward's spiritual father, John Piper. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you know both of those guys, that'll be fun fun for you to hear that. But uh, he says he, lear- he, he being Jesus, um, he learned obedience means that Jesus moved from untested obedience into suffering, and then suffering into tested and proven obedience. If you think about it, if you are good enough, you can learn a new task without failing. And the new task that Jesus had to learn every hour, especially at the end of his life, is can I endure this suffering that I have never experienced before? And this new obedience that I have never performed before in the history of the universe. Can I learn to do this perfectly without failing, without falling into unbelief and murmuring? And the answer of Hebrews this is where that little passage or that little line he learned obedience is from the answer of hebrews is yes he could and he did he learned obedience and that he suffered and he never 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 failed once in the process of perfect learning proven tested obedience so Mm -hmm. um in a sense yes jesus did learn um but i i guess i would say that he learned um the side of fully man. man i know that it's probably far more complicated than that but hopefully that's <laughs> helpful all right so chris understanding the lord's omniscience why shouldn't we be arrogant uh we don't know what tomorrow holds where god is all-knowing um basically we have no stance to be arrogant i have some verses here i want to share uh proverbs 16 5 says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Uh, I have 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. And then I have Romans 12, 3, uh, which says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So, yeah, we don't we don't have a box to stand on in that. 
Yeah. To be arrogant. Those were too harsh of scripture. I would like were you to they? pick more encouraging passages. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ, Christ. who strengthens <laughs> me. Um, I was going to use that one later on in another question, but I didn't. I know the Lord's got a great plan for my life. <laughs> Not to harm me. All right. <laughs> um, all right. That's good. Okay. No, that is good. So how would you counsel a Christian friend who is mad at God because they continue to suffer over a physical health issue? Which is certainly something I think happens a lot. And maybe not even just a physical health issue, but mad that someone they love died. Mad that God didn't heal someone. Um, I'll give three things uh, that are pretty generic, but certainly just as meaningful, but certainly pray. Uh, Pray for them, pray for their heart um, and mind to be directed towards the Word. Pray that they would be able to walk in the Spirit. Pray um, for yourself to not say dumb things, you know. Pray for wisdom. Um, Point them to the hope of the Gospel. Um, I might address that here later uh, in these questions. And then last one I think is something we we hear all the time but just be present uh, yeah let's just good. be with them and I know people that know me know that um, it you could flip a coin to decide if I have TikTok on my phone or not <laughs> <laughs> right now I do not okay uh, but when I do <laughs> I, I there's this one guy he's like a He's like a little, I guess he's a counselor or something. I don't know what he does, but he also, he always offers like counseling advice and he's got cool hair and he kind of just kind of has such a soothing voice when he talks. You're like, I wouldn't, you're, like he's one of those guys that if he, he's like, if he tells you it's going to be all right, you're like, it is, it's going to be all right. Thank, <laughs> now that you said that, the way that you said that it is. So anyways, he was talking about um, dealing with someone in grief and that the advice that we give them is often returned with anger or like you don't understand or um and he was making the point that like the the advice is still good um but don't be discouraged if they respond in anger mm. or if they if they don't like take your advice to heart right and so I'd say that, like, it's good to share biblical truth with those that are hurting, but if they snap back on, I don't know if I believe in God, or I don't want to hear scripture right now, or, like, that doesn't, that's not a cue for you to be like, well, let me just back away from that. Right. It's a cue to be like, all right, but I'm still going to be right here, yeah. so just still be present, even in their anger and suffering is just just be around so tiktok isn't all bad you know what i told you chris never had it oh well didn't know you were better than everyone (laughs) (laughs) oh my all right point two because the lord is omnipotent uh verses four through eight Mm -hmm. um wow this one's tough it Uh, was sorry chris how is God righteous in killing men and women? I guess I should probably 
preface that question in the sense that the it's clear it's clear in the text that the Lord raises up and brings down. Mm-hmm. The Lord um, kills and destroys. Mm-hmm. It's it's in the passage that Hannah is praying uh, after her baby boy is born, and I made. I don't know. I, I saw a few people that kind of caught it, but it was I was making the case that like even in twenty twenty two, more than likely the Lord is still killing men and women. Oh yeah. Uh, so how's he righteous in that? I cheated. All right, go for I it. I took this article from I found I read an article on This is uh, John Piper. It, it desiring God. Is it, is it John Piper? <laughs> I don't know if it was actually him. I probably more than likely. Um, but I'm just going to little, I didn't take the whole thing. I'm just going to read a few lines from it. It says it's right for God to slaughter women and children. Anytime he pleases, God gives life and he takes life. Everybody who dies, dies because God wills that they die. So God is God. He rules and governs everything and everything he does is just and right and good. God owes us nothing. God is not beholden to us at all. He doesn't owe us anything. Now add to the fact that we're all sinners and deserve to die and go to hell yesterday. And the reality that we're even breathing today is sheer common grace from, from God. And then at the end of that little section of the uh, article, it had Job one twenty one, And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And just to add my own two cents to this, I mean, at the end of the day, no one is innocent. Uh, we all fall short. And I guess those aren't really my words, but they were God, you know, come from the Bible. I have a couple more verses here to share as well. You have Romans three ten through 12. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Um, I have Psalm eleven seven. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. And then Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. I don't know. It's pretty... I guess it's pretty heavy to think about. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, it is what it is. I mean. <laughs> well, <clears throat> there's. It's his creation. The Lord wills. Would you say the Lord wills people to die even when they haven't been directly disobedient to him? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, if it's to his glory, yeah. I mean, I, I believe he does all things to glorify himself. Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, I would, I would agree. I just saying, I'm, I guess I'm saying, like, I bet there's plenty of people that don't like what you just said for sure. I'm sure and, that's what, yeah, uh, that's what I said. It's not, it's not easy to take. Well, and you'll hear sure. now. This is more in disobedience, but you'll hear Sunday, for it was the Lord. For it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now that's Eli's boys. Um, Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. You have the warning of, of um, those taking communion. Uh, 
in an unworthy manner. And it's like, some of you have fallen asleep because of this. And that's not like, you know, they took NyQuil instead of the Lord's Supper. They no, they're dead because they did not honor the Lord. Um, so, were you looking something up? Yeah, but I I, I can't find it. I don't okay. have to. That's fine. We can move on. So well, I guess the next question would be for you. Uh, do you think we belittle um, the omnipotence of God in modern Christianity? If yes, how can we change that mentality as Christ followers? Uh, well, John Piper says... Uh, <laughs> Undesiring God, God, com dot org. Sorry, I thought that was good. Um, what? No, it is good. It is good. Um, I, I would say, yeah, of course we do. Uh, one because I said it in the message. <laughs> so, um, but I think there's several things we can do to change the mentality of belittling God. Um, the first one is obvious. Read your Bible. I don't think enough people, Christians, read their Bible, which means they're mm-hmm. either not Christians. I would say that's probably, whew, Chris, would I be wrong in saying like, most of the people that don't read their Bibles are probably just not Christians. They're not lacking in that area. They're, mm-hmm. just, they're just not Christians. Like they don't, they have no desire to know the Lord. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying you don't have bad seasons of life. um, Or maybe you've just not been challenged in that area. But there's a good portion of people that um, they're just not Christians. And they think they are. They are. But some of that will pop up on Sunday. A little little teaser, everyone. (laughs) Sunday's message isn't kind of one of those like... Not a feel good. It's not a, yeah, hey, let's... Well, it'd be great to bring your friend to this message, but (laughs) no one's going to find their... uh, uh, No one's going to feel great um, at times on Sunday, but hopefully... Not hopefully. It certainly ends with um, the most positive thing. So it's not going to be doom and gloom the whole way. Uh, so read your Bible. I say especially the Old Testament. People just ignore the Old Testament. Know the Old Testament. And if you're like, well, it's hard. I'm like, so? So is so is life, you know? That's <laughs> true. So is raising kids. You'd be like, ah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm like, well, no, it's important. So read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, you'll, um, you're not reading about a different God. You're just... right you're having a more holistic view of the God that we serve and worship. Uh, Read solid theology books and and articles. Um, The other other one, I guess, is it's not very practical, but stop making Christianity about you. You know, that's a a big one. Uh, And I think, to to be honest, I think a lot of modern churches have just caused that. They make everything about someone else, you know, like, you know, what am I getting out of this? Or, you know, they don't offer this program or I'm like, get out of here, man. We're here to worship the Lord. Where's my latte? I would like a lot. I've been on a latte (laughs) kick. I mean, I don't know if, uh, I'm going to call up (laughs) some, uh, my, my church pastor friends. (laughs) 
Like, hey, y'all serving lattes over there? I'm just going to pop in the first service. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what ha- You know what? So now that you got me on that kick, I was ordering. This is crazy. I was ordering a coffee with two shots of espresso and then putting yes. creamer in it. And Corey's like, you are going to die. What yeah, are you doing? about my triple burger from Wendy's. Well, I know. No, that and... <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What should I order? Like, what's in a latte? And she's like, well, it's then just steamed milk and two shots. Mostly two shots of espresso. I was like, I think that's what I want. Not <laughs> coffee, two shots of espresso. Now, people do order that, but I mean, yeah. So anyways, I've been on the latte kick lately. So yeah, it'd be great if our church started doing that. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, stop making Christianity about you. Stop making the Bible all about you, and and mm. in summary, stop making life all about you. Uh, the most miserable I've been is when I just sit around and think about how everything impacts me. Mm. And that's good, you know. Like, what do I ever stop and say? Like, what? How's my daughter, who we've already talked about, is? I mean, she's she's fun to parent. Um, <laughs> you know, like how's how is she seeing the world right now? Like, mm. You know, how's my wife feeling today? Like, you know, when I think about that, I, I'm not as um, anxious, I guess. So, stop making everything about you. That's good. That's a good reminder. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. I was just looking ahead at other questions here. Point three, because the Lord is omnipresent. Chris is God in everything. No. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, as you stated in the sermon, um, he is everywhere at all times, but he is not in everything. He is above everything, and he is amongst everything. But he's, for you gave examples like he's not in the trees, he's not yeah. in nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Um, and that is good to re- be reminded. I think people are like, well, I know that. I'm like, yeah, but. There, I hear a lot of people that don't talk like that. You hear a lot of Christian songs that are, yeah, they're, I like that. Would challenge everything that I just said. <laughs> well, and I, I maybe I've shared this before. I did a funeral. It was super sad, but the dad was standing over his daughter's casket, and he was like, "I was, yeah, I mean, it, it snowed that night, and he was snow blowing. He said the snow kind of just came back and hit me in the face, and." I knew that was that was her or that was God, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, we just assume God is, a, he's God, but then he's also like spirit that's in everything. And I'm like, that's not mm-hmm. God. Like, that's mythology. Um, that's heresy. Now, obviously, I'm not correcting right. a father. You know, that's, well, I mean, not, it was not brutal. Yeah, no, it's Definitely brutal. not. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. So, um, but it's important to think, and to be honest, I think it's good to know good theology when good things are going on. Because when life hits, that's when your true theology will show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that at the end of the day, I mean, how many times you're like, I've heard from Christians like that their loved one's now an angel. I'm like, who told you that? Like, that's not in the Bible. Um, you know, or 
Well, I know they're looking down on me. And I'm like, they were a pretty terrible person. Why would you assume that? Like, they didn't even love the Lord. So, anyways, it's good to know those things in good times. No, God is not in everything. God is above everything. Present in it. Present amongst, I think, everything. I tried to yeah. use that helpful language. So... <laughs> So should we ever pray to invite God's presence? <laughs> if I'm going to make anyone mad, here it is. Um, <laughs> this one I think is pretty controversial. Um, more than maybe we assume, or maybe even sounded when I mentioned it on Sunday. Uh, there's that song uh, from Carrie Job. You ever heard of Carrie Job? I've heard, but I... I love Carrie Job. I don't even I don't even listen to a ton of contemporary Christian music, but... Carrie Job, she, I mean, she just hits. Her voice is beautiful. I saw her sing it. Uh, I took students to Winter Jam every year, which I hated. I'd rather, yeah, ugh, I hated it. But she sang one year, and I was like, golly, this, I mean, it was awesome. But she has this song, and actually this song was a song Corey would sing at our last church. Mm. And she, I thought she crushed it, but I was like, it's still terrible theology course <laughs> but the song so this so this is kind of i think this might be the course but it's repeated several times in the song holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere yeah, your glory god is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence lord i see uh, no biblical evidence that we need to invite the Holy Spirit, especially when we already have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Right. We don't need to invite the Spirit, nor do we pray for some special experience of the Lord's presence. Now, that might hurt some people, especially some of our um, more Pentecostal listeners, you know. Um, did you know I'm big in the Pentecostal world? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> that would be a shock. No, but it doesn't mean they're not brothers and sisters in Christ. They just might not agree with me on this one. Right. Uh, but we hear, like, honestly, I don't even think we hear this necessarily from maybe super charismatic people or those in the Pentecostal uh, churches. We hear this in all, I hear this all the time. Like, the Lord was present today. Or God showed up at church. I know you've heard that one. Like God showed, God was there. He showed up today. And I think when we say that, we usually mean that something emotional happened. Like you were, there was an emotional thing that happened in church. Um, and again, I'm not saying that's wrong uh, or that we can't be emotional. I, I certainly think maybe that was a lot of people responding to to the word at times. Um, I'm not saying some moments of worship uh, can't be more powerful than others. I certainly believe that. Um, On the other side, biblically, the Lord is already present. The Holy Spirit is already indwelling His children. So I guess I would say no. It's not that we can't pray. um, It's not that we can't pray that prayer. I think it's more that we just don't need to. Um, so I carefully say, like, I, I think I'm still growing in all this. So 
I would say, would you think that it's a lack of faith if someone prayed that? I think it's often it's often what the the church experience they've had is why they do it. Um, it's what's been modeled to them. I don't think they have any sort of any beginning theological framework from that. They're just doing what's been modeled to them. Um, I think it's. Uh, I do think there's probably a desire for people to want some emotional thing at a church, like rather than just repent and submit to the word. Cause like that's way less fun than, you know, having them feelings during a worship song, you know, like it is, but I do want to be careful cause I I've grown just to show my cards. Um, like, I've certainly been at times where, like, a lot of the gifts of the Spirit, or all those those gifts of the Spirit ceased, the Spirit gifts ceased with uh, the apostles. Now, we would call that a, a cessationist. They, they ceased with the apostles, the speaking of tongues, uh, the, the miraculous healings. I, I've been there, and then, I, I guess I would say at this point, I'm probably not that, although... John MacArthur and a few other people would disagree with me. I'm, I'm more at a at a point in my life where I would say no. I don't see them ceasing anywhere in the New Testament. I'm just not really entirely sure how that, what that looks like. Um, so, but I what I do know so far is it just doesn't seem like we need to be inviting the Spirit or praying for more of the Lord's presence. Um, but I challenge anyone, anyone that's listening, if they like, hey, you're not thinking about this or thinking about these verses, like, please come holler at me. I might be off on that one. So, all right, summary point. We worship the Lord who is able to reverse death to life. Chris, how does God reverse death for his children? Jesus. Jesus. Um, again, from your favorite guy. John Piper. Oh, We're going to have to like send him a check at the end of this. <laughs> just a little, just very one sentence. Jesus has come to reverse the curse of death for those who believe in him. And I have John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I do. I do. Um, I should have. Uh, I should have used that one on Sunday. <laughs> I believe it so much. I should have used that reference on Sunday. But no, that's good. You know, I. You know, just speaking off topic, somewhat off topic. Like when people come up to me and they're like, they bring up a verse uh, that relates to the message. Uh, I don't know what they think, like if they think, I wish you would have read that. Mm. But part of, I think, the the joy of expos- a healthy expository walk through the word teaching is that it should trigger, for the children of God, it should trigger in your mind other things yeah. of the word. doesn't mean I need to say them. It just right. It's a good reminder of like, um, I guess if what I'm saying 
reminds you of something else in the Bible, that probably means that what I'm saying hopefully is in the Bible, you know, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, I, I love when people do that. It just doesn't mean I need to, you know, when I talk about God's sovereignty, I don't need to read 30 right. scripture references on God's sovereignty. I just Make share sure a few. You cover them all. I just share a few. So. so how can this truth be encouraging to us in our own struggles in this life? This is where I was making sure I brought this up later. Um, we need to understand that when we pray for physical healing, and I think we should. Um, most of the prayer concern list is physical healing. Um, what we're really praying for is temporary healing when we do that. Mm. Uh, and I don't think that clicked for me until a few years ago, for whatever reason. I think maybe just ministry. It was just like, why do we keep doing this? And um, But what we're really doing is we're praying for temporary healing. If God... Meaning, like, if God miraculously heals someone with stage 4 cancer, the truth is, like, they're still going to die one day. Right. So it's temporary. Right. Um, and I think we should pray for that. We don't want to lose uh, someone we love. We don't want someone we love to suffer. Uh, so we should pray for that. Uh but really the whole point of the message on Sunday, like the great reversal is that God has already healed. So we know that all struggles are temporary and the gospel isn't designed to fix temporary problems, but to make us eternal, although it can, right. but to make us eternally right before the Holy God. And I think that's far more encouraging. So I, maybe that's just a good thing for us all in our church and leaders and everything to consider when we pray for someone's physical healing, we should. All we're doing is praying that God would spare them for a little while longer. That's all we're doing. That they wouldn't suffer through an illness that and and I think it's there's plenty of biblical evidence that's right and good to pray that. Um, but they're still gonna die. So the great reversal is not that they reversed cancer that he reversed death. So that's what we really should focus more on. So, all right. It's been a while. We've done this before, um, but I think this question has kind of come up this past week. Uh, so how can a Christian know what pastors they should and shouldn't listen to online? This is the conclusion, by the way. That has nothing to do with the message. We're about to wrap up. I... Um, um, I I had when when I read this question and I had this thought go through my head and I don't know that I've expressed it that way in my answer down here so but we'll see. Um well first of all they're going to have to have they're going to have to have a close relationship with Christ. And going back to things that you've already mentioned in this podcast, you're you're going to need that prayer. You're going to have to read your Bible daily. You're going to have to know where you stand. Mhm. You're going to have to make, okay, this is what I believe and this is what I don't believe. And then um, that's going to help you see, the, the better you know the Bible, the more you understand it, the easier it is going to for you to see who's preaching uh, correct theology and who's not. Mm -hmm. um, and always, you you can't take anything for granted. You should, I think you should always do research on any 
any pastor pretty much that you that you listen to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hope that came out. No, I, I think the read, read your Bible is important, not just in a churchy answer, but what it does. I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but like when you're, when you're saturated in the Word and you have the indwelling of the Spirit, when you hear false teaching, you're like, huh, that doesn't sound right. I don't know why it doesn't sound right. I couldn't even give you a scripture reference right now. Yeah. That just doesn't sound right. And then you can go back and do some more research after. That's why reading your Bible is important. Um, we give some pra- practical things here. Uh, I'll give some websites. People may not ag- always agree with these recommendations, but these would line up with the circles I run in. We've already joked about the one, but Desiring God. It's not just John Piper. Right. There's other guys uh, that put that out. Uh, the Gospel Coalition yep. and Ligonier. Those mm-hmm. are easy, three easy resources. If any of those, now, the the problem with the world we live in today, like, I don't. Everyone just gets accused of like, ah, they're going woke or right, you know, right, right, they're right. a heretic. And I'm like, guys, they're all pretty solid. I for me, I think from those three resources, if any of those three resources promote a pastor, I trust their recommendation. Um, until proven otherwise. Uh, I think it would be good. We haven't done it in a while. Let me fire away. You can add to this, Chris. Um, I certainly listen to plenty of guys um, on oh, podcast. I so haven't been listening to anything recently. <laughs> the first one that popped up is is uh, Phil Robertson <laughs> oh. <laughs> from Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty guy, he yeah. is solid. I love Phil. Oh, yeah. So, Phil, uh, I'm just going through the list. Uh, I'm not saying everything they said has been perfect, but <laughs> holistically they've been solid. Um, there's Tim Keller and John Piper, mm-hmm. Alistair Begg, um, R.C. Sproul, Martin Lloyd-Jones. Um, I have uh, Tom Rainer. He does more like church leadership stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty decent. People are not going to agree with my list. Uh, Carrie Newhoff, I think has some decent leadership stuff on his podcast. Um, Paul Tripp, uh, Costi Hinn, you know, that Benny Hinn's, Benny Hinn's son, isn't it? no, his nephew, his nephew. Uh, nephew has a for the gospel podcast. It's really good. Uh, da, 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 da. The white horse Inn podcast. They talk a lot about theology. Um, the gospel coalition has a podcast. Uh, there's, I like N.T. Wright. He'd be one that's not always in the normal Reformed circles, but um, he's got a cool accent, smart fella. <laughs> Stephen Lawson, uh, a guy named Daryl Johnson. Uh, again, people aren't going to always agree, but Craig Rochelle's Leadership Podcast is good for leadership stuff, I think. Uh, Sam Storms is a... I've, I've mentioned to him, he's a, he's a... Charismatic Calvinist, so he's fun to listen to. I've listened to him once before. Um, I think that's about my my list. So there it is, there it is. Um, but I did put ask your leaders. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I especially when elders or or mm-hmm. staff 
you know, we, we, I live in this world, you know, like I've, I know who to listen to and know who not to listen yeah. to. I know like the scuttlebutt on like who's failing in ministry publicly and who's not. And so, um, sometimes just ask leaders who are more in tuned where like, that's the world they live in. They've probably listened to that person, read the books. Um, so, Oh, Matt Chandler, whenever he gets out of preacher jail, <laughs> <laughs> Never they let him at a preacher jail. <laughs> All right. You want to pray? I can. All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you again for all that you do. Uh, thank you for the message that Jason brought. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, dive deeper into your word and uh, explore it a little bit deeper and, and behind the scenes. And uh, just thank you for, for all that you're doing, all that you've done, and all that you're going to do. And it's in your son's uh, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.